0: a couple of weeks ago when uh, the week before Jerry was here we were going we were starting we've been looking at this this idea of growing together in grace and truth what our future looks like as we move into 2020 and kind of this 2020 vision and and where we are as a church and where we want to go i started off talking about you know uh the The song the birds sang which is from Ecclesiastes chapter 3 you know for a time there is a time for everything under the sun and we talked about how life is this like dynamic moving kind of thing to be alive it means change is happening. And it's not stasis, it's not to be static. And in our growth, even when we first started talking about that, that we should be growing, that, that Christians should not be stagnant, but they should be in this growing process and continually growing. And I just want to kind of do a quick review of that before we move on, because as we look at this, this vision, as we think about our future, as we want to go forward, we have to realize that that our choice is we really can change or we can stay the same. And that's really not an option. That there's change coming. Um, and there's really only two types of change. Uh, those are either growth or decay. I mean, that's that's something's going to change. We're either going to be growing or we're going to be decaying. And I pointed out what I think is a fact. That between growth and decay, there is a moment, there is a time, it varies in length of time, of stasis, where things kind of stay the same. But if I'm accurate, as, a, as I look at us, I think our time of stasis has passed. <laughs> we're on the other side of that. And, and we stand in the danger of, of decay. We, this is where we are. We can either be growing or we can be decaying. These are, these are the only two choices we have. And which one of these we embrace is what we're going to find out in the future. And we talked about these three realities of change. But change is a bad word in church. You know, a lot of times I think, uh, you know, we say the word change and, and people react like, you know, someone's screaming out, unclean, unclean. You know, let's run from that as quick as we can. Um, because we want stasis. We want security. We want to know what's happening. Sometimes we want control in a world that seems out of control and, and changing so quickly and so fast. But there's these three realities as we think about change in our future, that there's a time of growth and decay. There, there is, between these two, this time of stasis. Um, and where we are in that is very important in recognizing where we are. Two, our, the only choice we face is which type of change we will embrace. Will we embrace growth or will we embrace decay? And finally, don't kid ourselves into thinking that some people just choose to decay. They just choose life to be stable, and they hold on and really make the choice to die. This happens in church. You know, every organization, every person. You know, we're no more alive than the moment we're born, and from the time we're born, we're in the process of going towards death. This is this is true of our lives. This is true of organizations. That and and to fight that off, we have to make concrete decisions about moving forward. In the coming weeks, you know, I'm going to talk to us, we've we've looked at this vision of what it means to be growing together in grace and truth, you know, and, and I'd like to put these two choices, you know, do you want to grow or do you want to decay, and, and let's put it to a vote, and let's see what, what that is. Um, one, I think I probably would know what the vote would be, because, I mean, who's going to say, well, I'm choosing to die, most of us won't do that, but more importantly, what we say with our mouths and our vote is more important with what we vote by our actions. And, and our vote, our choice, the choice we make as a congregation will be seen in the coming weeks, and the coming months, by what we do, what we decide to do, and how we decide to act. We will vote with our actions and not so much with our words and with our casting of balance. So you know this January starting in January we're going to we're going to enjoy the Christmas time and come back in January when 2020 gets here. And I want to invite you as a church to join me on a journey. I think I have a journey picture. A journey of revival and revitalization. And, and here's my dream. And one of the things I really want to be is up front with you. I want to be as transparent and I want to build us a group that we do this together. That we go on this journey together for revival and revitalization. And I will have some asks of you. Some things I'm going to ask you to do as you join me. If you're willing to move in this direction. Um, and, And that's when we'll see what choice we make about growth or decay. When we come to those times. But I just want to, I just have this vision, this, this picture of us working together, working this out, growing together in this process of revitalization and revival of our church as God leads us into our future and what it will be, as he guides us into change. But first today, since I talk so much about change, let's talk about what we cannot and will not change. So this will be the happy part of our discussion. Things that will remain the same. Number one, what we cannot and will not change. God. We cannot change him. We will not change him. A couple of verses from the scriptures just for us to appreciate uh, the, the immutability. That's a big fancy theological word. It means the unchangingness of God. From Malachi chapter three, verse six says, for I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, sons of Jacob, are not consumed. For the days of your fathers, you have, from the days of your fathers, you have turned aside from my statutes and you have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? One of the things we, we, when we think about God not changing, one of the things that we need to recognize is, is that God is always willing to accept our repentance. That unchangingness of God, he looks at these people, he said, you turn from my statutes, you always do this, and I'm always the same. I'm always ready and willing to take you back. And so when it comes to our lives that we have these ups and downs, we have these ebbs and flows, we have these highs and these lows that sometimes we're more on track with God and our relationship with him is better than it is. And sometimes it's less than it is. And, and we change in our relationship with God, but God never changes in his relationship with us. And he's always sitting there saying, if you'll come back, I'm right here where you left me. There there used to be, I used to have a t-shirt, one of those little clever t-shirt sayings, you know, feel far from God. Who do you think moved? You know, And, and, and so when it comes to God's unchangingness, one of the things we can be grateful for, one of the things we can praise him for is he's always standing there with open arms, always willing for us to turn and come back. And that needs to be a great comfort to him. And when we start talking about revival, that's what we're talking about. Getting closer to God, going back to God, drawing ever near him. And we can do that with the assurance that he's sitting there waiting for us. That doesn't change. From Numbers 23, 19, it says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent, change his mind. He has, he said, has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken? And will he not make it good? One of the other things that we can be grateful and praise the Lord for is that God always is truthful. What he has said is true. What he plans will come to pass. That that, that does not change. What God has told us will come to pass. And he has told us that, that there is coming a time where we will stand judgment where we will stand before him and he will separate goats and sheep and he will receive to himself his own. He has told us that he's coming back to receive us, that where he is, he we may be also. He has told us there is coming a time when he will put Satan down in his place. He has told us that there's coming a time when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. And he's telling the truth. And that's not going to change. And we can be grateful for that. And so all the things that God has told us in his scripture. That we can count on that. Because he cannot and will not lie. And so for good or for bad. For better or for worse. It is the truth. And when we start talking about growing together in grace and truth. Because God is the same. He's unchanging. And truth is. Although we live in a world of relativism, a, a world who thinks truth changes from situation to situation to situation, from person to person to person, we can stand solid on truth that is unchanging. And we can praise Him for that. Another thing about God's unchangingness from Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 15, 20, He says, also the glory of Israel, that's the reference to God, Uh, also the glory of israel will not lie or change his mind for he is not a man that he should change his mind god's promises and plans will always be kept what god promises us and what god plans will be kept that's not going to change He's not one who's like, oh, I was thinking about, no, you're right. We're going to put it, we're going to do it this way. Oh, no, let's do it that way. He's not changing his mind. God always keeps his promises and always keeps his plans. What are some of the promises he's made to us? That all things will work for good for those who are called to glory and to his Glory. And lo, I will not leave you. I will be with you even to the end of the age. Promise after promise after promise that I will send to you. Jesus said to his disciples, I make a promise to you. I'm going to the Father and I'm going to send a helper to you. And it's to your advantage that he comes. That's the Holy Spirit. That's that's what we're feeling sometimes when we're worshiping and sensing this presence among us. That that's a promise kept to us. And we can praise God for that. So God is unchanging and no matter what we do and no matter what we change, we will not change God. And that's why we sing about on Christ, the solid rock, I stand all other ground is sinking sand, right? That's where we will stand. And so I'm going to ask you to do something with me. I'm going to ask you to stand. And for just a moment, we're just going to praise God. I'm going to read a couple other scriptures about the unchangedness of God. And we're just going to praise Him that He's always willing to accept us back. That He's not, He's always going to tell us the truth and He's always going to keep His promises. So please stand with me. From James chapter one, let no one say when He's being tempted, I'm being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil and He Himself does not tempt anyone, but each one is tempted when he's carried away by his own lust, there. That's. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation of shifting shadow. Hebrews chapter thirteen eight. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Psalm one o two. For, O Lord, you've laid a foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They will wear out like a garment, but you will change them like a robe, and they will pass away. But you are the same, and your years have no end. The children of your servants shall dwell secure. Therefore, offspring shall be established before you. In Psalm 18. This God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He's a shield for all those who take refuge in him. Dear, gracious heavenly father, we stand in your presence because you're a good God. You're a great God and you're an unchanging God. And Lord, I thank you that when I've been unfaithful, you have been faithful. That when I've walked away from you, you've stood there with open arms and over and over and over you received me back. I praise you for that, Lord. Thank you. As Miss Jean told us to tell you, thank you for accepting our repentance. Lord, you have given us truth and we stand on the truth that we understand the time and we understand the epics and you have given us a picture of what what's going to happen, that you have established plans and you will carry them out. And one promise you made us, Lord, is that you're coming back one day and we stand here ready for you. We praise You for who You are. We thank You for the truth that You've given us. And we thank You for the promises You've made. We rest secure in Your honesty and Your unchangingness and Your beauty. Just receive worship from us because You deserve it. In Christ's name, Amen. You may be seated. Well, we're not going to change God. There's one other thing we're not going to change too. And that's the gospel. That's not going to change either. The gospel, this is our message. This is what we talk about. This is what we take to the world. And from Galatians chapter 1, I just want to briefly hit four little points about the gospel. What the what this good news is. By the way, if you don't know, gospel means good news. What is the good news? What is this unchanging message we have? First, our message from Galatians chapter 1, verse 3. Grace to you and peace from God our Father The Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from this present evil age, according to the will of God the Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. The gospel, that is our message. And the message is we have peace with God because the Lord Jesus Christ gave himself up for our sins to deliver us from this present evil age. And so that we had a hope and a future of glory. That's it. The good news. Jesus died for our sins. So that we could have peace with God. And a forever future. That's the good news. Simple and true. And it doesn't need to be changed. But later in this this passage in Galatians. Paul talks about being astonished. This is what he says. I think I got it. I'm astonished that you're so quickly deserting him who called you in grace of Christ. Now, turning to a different gospel, not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. And one of the things we must realize about the gospel, there is only one. And that's what Paul says. He said, you're turning quickly to another one. Not like there is another one. But you're turning to other Gospels. And we live in a world that is flooded by other good newses. Uh, other, uh, the Gospel has been changed. And we must hold to this one true Gospel. Christ died for our sins so we could have peace with God and a forever hope. That's it. The one true Gospel. Anything else is another Gospel. And Paul says there is only one. And that is true. And we must hold to that and not change that message no matter what. That is the good news the world needs to hear. By grace you can be saved because of what Jesus did on the cross. He goes on in this passage to give us a danger about changing this. Because people have changed this. And look what he says here. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one that we've preached to you, let him be accursed. Set aside for destruction is what a curse means. Let him be set aside. Let the angel be set aside if it's something different than this. And he repeats it. This, as we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed and the bible tells us that we need to be wary in these days that there's false prophets teaching other gospels out there and we need to hold true to the one message of god and that's what we cannot change is our message otherwise we'll be set aside for destruction Now, what causes people to preach their spirit gospels well look what he says in verse 10 For I am now seeking, for I am now seeking, for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. And and the fact that the gospel has changed, he links it to this idea of trying to please people. And so we must understand pleasing God should be, has to be more important than pleasing people. And this is where I think some of the rub's is going to come in for us. Because there's going to come a time as we try to grow in grace, as we try to be gracious, as we try to be truth, and hold to these, these constants of God and the gospel, we're going to run into a place where people want us to change the message. And in those moments, we're going to have to say, I can't change the truth. I can't change the message. I will not change the message. Because it comes from an unchanging God. So that leaves me with the question then, what can we change and what must we change? And that is our methods. Anybody 20 years old or younger? All right, I need a 20-year-old, Kate. Do you know what that is? All right, 20-year-old don't know. Let's go to a 30-year-old. Anybody 30 and younger? Alright, do you know what that is, Alicia? No. Okay. Let's go to a 40 year old. Any anyone 40? You know what it is, Tara? What? What is it? It's a ladle. Survey said? <laughs> no, it's not a ladle. Alright, Connie, how old are you? Because you're mouthing the right words. <laughs> 71. 71. What is it, Connie? It's a dipper. Oh, Lato is something you serve soup with. Dipper is something you reach in grandma's bucket from the well and get yourself a drink of water with. This is my great grandma's dipper. We used to haul water up in a bucket out of a with a rope and a well and go to the outhouse. And this was the dipper we used at our house to drink water. I used to have a gourd that went back further than a dipper. But then time progresses and we come up with ceramic. We don't have to use a dipper anymore. And time progresses and I almost broke it. We got glass. Turvis comes along and we have plastic. Put that up front. Other plastic that we have memorabilia. How many of you remember when McDonald's used to sell glasses, the Star Wars glasses back in the day? Remember those? Well, McDonald's now has cardboard cups, right? How many of you got a Yeti? I can't afford one, so we do the Walmart knockoff Yeti. Right? If you're a backpacker, you probably have had more than one Nalgene bottle in your life, right? This is us, right? This is a coffee cup from downstairs. They vary in sizes. Sometimes they're plastic and they destroy the world. If you really want to destroy the world, you use these. I couldn't goo with a red Solo cup. They're branded, right? And then you can get fancy and have collapsible ones. And... Wear them on your backpack and have the bladder with a little tube you can suck out. You don't even have to stop; you can just walk and drink on constantly. You know, man has been changing the methods of getting water into them all the time. And when it comes to methods, when it comes to this part, that's all got to be open for change and discussion. When it comes to this part, the water part, that doesn't change. Jesus says he is the living water. And our question is, what vessel is going to be the best one for us to use to get that into people? And this is the part we got to talk about. And this is the part we got to figure out. And we can say, this is my favorite cup and it makes me happy. But it may not be what people are drinking out of today. And so when it comes to our methods, when it comes to the way we deliver God and the message, All this has got to be discussed and figured out. And that's the invitation I'm going to have. Help me figure out how to get that into people. Whatever method it takes to get them to do that. They're all vehicles. They're all worthy. They've all got their sentimentality. This is one of my favorite treasured heirlooms in the world. And most of you don't even know what it is. And so we can't be holding on to the methods, but we hold on to God unchanging and a message of the gospel that is unchanging. And we'll figure out how to get that into people.